Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and you guys, we made it. We've only been talking about it for months and months and months ad nauseum, ad nauseum, ad nauseum. Week one of the NFL season is here. The San Francisco 49ers open their season on Sunday in Chicago against the Bears. And I am thrilled and honored to be joined by the amazing Courtney Cronin, ESPN's Bears reporter for NFL Nation. Courtney, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited. Absolutely. Let's dive in, preview this game. Apparently it's going to rain, which is kind of big yeah. news in California, even though it's going to rain in Chicago. Well, it's big news in Chicago, too, because they just resodded the field on Labor Day. And I don't know if you saw the Kansas City preseason game. That was the one game that the Bears played at Soldier Field. The turf was uh, in rough shape. So they <laughs> got through their concert, their summer concert slate that destroyed the field even further. And then they switched as of Labor Day from I believe it was uh, Kentucky bluegrass to Bermuda grass which is what they've resodded it with but that was like a couple days ago so how is the sod gonna take to the earth that's at Soldier Field then you're gonna add rain on top of that like I'm not like a grass expert by any stretch but to me I'm like this could really end up going poorly if um if the installation process doesn't go uh, as smoothly as maybe they hope so like you hope it does but yeah I'm not thrilled about the rain in the forecast for the reasons of just like not wanting to get stuck in the rain but I also think that the turf might be a concern uh something to keep an eye on bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live embedding, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, it's funny. And you said Labor Day and which was like you said a couple days ago. But when you first said it, I feel like we're, we're already so in it. I was like, oh, Labor Day was like two weeks ago. I know, right? <laughs> but it was uh, three days ago. So that is something. And in, in California, we're experiencing quite a heat wave. So I just think the drastic change in temperatures is going to be interesting. But we are not meteorologists, nor are we agriculture experts. So I guess I should we should bring one onto the show. But that's that is the the weather forecast for the day. But that does matter when it comes to football. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But let's talk about something that we are more expert in, and let we'll start with quarterbacks because storyline here. Of course, we have two quarterbacks from the twenty twenty one draft class: Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears. I went to Michigan, so when I say Justin Fields, it's a little bit of a trigger, but I'm going to get through it. Trey Lance for the 49ers. The 49ers, of course, keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on board as QB2. He's from Chicago. It's going to mean nothing this week. I know some people are trying to make it mean something. means nothing. Uh, most likely not going to play. So we have our 2020, 2021 
draft class quarterbacks going up against each other. Trey Lance is essentially a rookie. Yes, he started two games, but he's essentially a rookie for the 49ers. Justin Fields has that year behind him. What are you thinking the Bears and Bears fans are going to see from him in his second year? I think you're going to see a quarterback that is put in better situations, by and large. The scheme that Luke Getze is installing, they've installed you know, for the last couple months, is supposed to be quarterback-driven. That was the first thing out of Getze's mouth when he was hired in January, that you're going to be doing things that you know, bring out the strengths of the quarterback that play to the strengths of the quarterback. And for fields, he's got so many great athletic tools that you can use them in ways that they weren't utilized last year and maybe even better utilize them because you're not going to be putting everything on his shoulders. This is, this is an offense. Mm -hmm. It's going to have a strong element in the run game. It's an offense that's going to have him on the move more and able to utilize his arm strength that we know he has and and putting him in situations where he's in the pocket, but also making plays outside of the pocket. And I just think that there's the expectation level too, that it's not going to all be a plus work right off the bat. That's the one thing I think Mm -hmm. they really nailed in the hire of Luke Getze that you have somebody coming in here who's not preaching publicly at least like I've got to get this guy to become a franchise quarterback and I've got to do it in 17 games this season Mm -hmm. the incremental improvements that you're going to see from Justin Fields or what the Bears at least hope to see that's the focus like the rhetoric has changed because I remember when we were talking to Matt Eberflus and owners meetings in March and he was you know mentioning how of course year two you want to see a big jump from Justin Fields but you haven't heard that same phrasing around the quarterback because there had to be so many things that were not necessarily undone, but tweaked and, you know, fixed right away with fields. I know that we talked to him on Wednesday this week and he had mentioned that even just getting down the footwork where he drops back with his left foot in front and his right foot back in the, in the shotgun versus right foot in front and left foot back, but that took him time to learn and get comfortable with that Mm -hmm. because everything in this offense starts with your feet because it's all predicated on rhythm and timing and being able to hit receivers in stride. And so it's the balance for fields this year will be wanting, you know, staying patient within what you're doing. If things don't go so well offensively and trying to grow within that, within the confines of this offense and not worrying about the burden of winning games and having to show vast improvement in the win column to know that you yourself improved because the truth is this roster, and I know a lot of people nationally, you know, like to use the bears kind of as this example of what not to do and being like, Hey, there's a second year quarterback that didn't put a lot of pieces around him, that didn't build enough around him. And I think some of that is fair. Some of it's overblown, but we'll see mm-hmm. soon. Like, I mean, I know that I'm with you, like we've done five weeks of training camp and preseason and that storyline has not gone away. So let's see what that actually looks like when they roll out there on Sunday Like, you know, is the deficit of playmakers one that's so drastic that you notice right away around fields or can he make do with what he has? So I want I want to get further into that, but I want to talk a little bit about Trey Lance, because I think what you said was really important. And I want to drive this home for the fans and for the Twitter community. (laughs) And what you said about Justin Fields and making those strides from week one to week 17. And I think that's something that the 49ers have been pretty good about when it has come to Trey Lance. They've been, he's our guy, we believe in Trey, et cetera, et cetera. But they've been from the beginning of training camp. We also have a lot of pieces around him. We have this incredible defense. He has the benefit 
of quite a few playmakers around him. Whether or not George Kittle plays Sunday is now up in the air because he is dealing with a, a groin injury. But you have a Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have Elijah Mitchell, you have Trent Williams at left tackle to protect him. You have a very shaky interior of the offensive line, which is going to be an issue for Trey. But that idea, I think, is really important for him and for 49ers fans. And I know the 49ers know it from week one to week 17. And with Fields, and I said at the beginning, he is coming into his second year, but with a new coaching staff, with Mm -hmm. an entirely new philosophy, in some ways puts him back a little bit to go forward, if that makes sense. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of how both quarterbacks respond on Sunday. So I'm, I'm glad you said that because... It's kind of interesting from a Trey Lance perspective as well. Yeah, and I can like there's definite differences in the quarterback situ- the situation that each quarterback finds themselves in. Like we know that this is Trey Lance's like they turn the reins of the offense over to him, but clearly they didn't see something that convinced them in a lot of ways that you know this is the guy for right now that can take a team that is constructed to win a Super Bowl and you can bank on it. Obviously, there's the other piece that everybody forgets about Jimmy Garoppolo willing to take the pay cut to stay with this team. And also, you know, if, if you have a situation where you can where you have a dependable veteran quarterback who you know what you're going to get out of him and it's cost effective to keep him, why wouldn't you like this isn't 100%. like, oh, Trey Lance is terrible, like the team's giving up on him already. So I think that we need like to make sure that we keep reinforcing that context around that situation, but also when it pertains to the roster. Trey Lance is in a situation where this roster is ready-made. Justin Fields is not. Like, there's been so much turnover here. And guys who are playing here this year, especially the veteran players, a lot of them might not be on the team next year. Like, they're constantly working and signing. There's a reason that they had a league-high six claims off waivers when the when you know final cuts were, you know, initial cuts were made last week when the initial 53 was formed. And then, you know, the next day, they turn over 10% of the roster. So, they're constantly evolving and, you know, working around trying to, you know, put fields in a better situation, not whereas like he already has, you know, guys that are, you know, ready-made NFL players, like he's got to work with what he has versus what the situation at, you know, Trey Lance is in a far better situation in terms of the personnel. Yeah. And I've talked about that a lot. Like it's a very unique position. Very rarely are you the number three pick in the draft and come into a somewhat Super Bowl ready roster. And even though it wasn't necessarily his roster last year, very rarely do you have that. So that is a big benefit that he will have going forward. What I think will be interesting is it remains to be seen. Is Jimmy Garoppolo there a benefit for Trey's development or is it a detriment? And we really won't know, know for quite some time. And I think the 49ers are doing a very good job of he's our guy. And I believe them. He is their guy. I think Jimmy, it worked out. It certainly worked out that yes, that, that maybe his training camp went on. They said, well, let's see as the season goes on, it will be good to have him there. But I don't feel that he was kept there as a knock on Trey Lance, but it did work out for everybody. But again, here's my new favorite phrase in life. Time will tell mm-hmm. because it's the one phrase in the world that no one can argue with. So you're right. Time will tell. Yeah. No, it really, it's, the only one. it's really the only one that nobody can argue with. So time will tell, but we talked a lot about quarterback. Let's talk a little bit about what Justin Fields does have around him. What is going on with this wide receiver core? I mean, you look at it, 
Dante Pettis revenge game coming up <laughs> fast here um, on Sunday. Richard Hightower revenge game within the special teams coming up fast. But kind of what does he have around him? Who can he depend on? And what is the running game looking like? Well, he can certainly depend on Darnell Mooney. That's been, you know, his guy now for a year. Mooney had a thousand yard season last year, a productive receiver who I think is really on just like the ground floor of how good he can be shows you that you can really get talent at the receiver position in the later rounds and just how good that 2020 draft class was with drafted receivers. Like it's, you know, you go from Justin Mm -hmm. Jefferson that year all the way down to a Darnell Mooney. I've covered both of them. And I think they're both very special players, but you know, outside of Mooney, there's just not a lot of proven talent or at least like proven talent that has a proven connection with Justin Fields because we just didn't see a lot of that continuity come together during the preseason because there were so many injuries. Like they trade for Nikhil Harry, send a seventh round pick Mm -hmm. to New England to give Harry a fresh start, former first round pick. He hurts his ankle early in camp and now he's on IR. He can be designated to return after the first four games, but how long that takes still up in the air. You know, Tajay Sharp went on injured reserve, you know, when the 53 was formed. Byron Pringle has been out with a quad injury, he did return to practice this week. So that's good, but missed a lot of time on task. Same with Valus Jones Jr. Who didn't practice on Wednesday this week, missed a lot of time on task to build that rapport with Justin Fields. Equinemius St. Brown has been in this offense before in green Bay, Mm -hmm. but this is somebody who was cut last year and then brought back on the practice squad. So it's not like you're bringing in somebody who's, you know, a ready-made star at that position. So I, I, it's like Mooney and then, there's a big drop off. It's like, who, who else is going to be next to rise to the challenge of becoming the number two receiver, carving out roles, maybe a number three. They just need depth and healthy depth at this point. So I think you will end up seeing a lot of heavier personnel groupings, you know, multiple running backs on the field at the same time, multiple tight ends on the field at the same time, because they've got to look outside of the traditional place where a lot of those targets would go and see can you get running backs involved in the passing game and we have seen that in some of the preseason games like they really were active with their screen game and trying to figure out tight end running back screens uh, even some wide receiver screens in there like how can they get like a quick fast uh passing game going if if, if the pressure is getting to fields or if the at pass protection is just not good enough at the start so there's that Um, I also, like I said before, this is an offense that's going to run the ball. Um, They Mm -hmm. have to, because you can't put all of that on your quarterback. So David Montgomery entering a contract year for himself, this is a very important stretch for him to be able to prove that he can be the guy and, you know, be the guy consistently and earn himself a next, you know, his next contract, whether it's here in Chicago, if they want to pay him or if it's somewhere else, because he's consistently been like a top eight running back uh since he entered the league a couple years ago in terms of production every single year and the the durability factor it's not like he's had any massive injuries i mean he had you know some stuff that kept him out here and there last year but it's not like a Tariq cohen situation that the bears Mm -hmm. face so i think he's in a prime spot to get a lot of run this year and set himself up for you know what's next and depending upon if the bears want to pay him or somebody else like he can really do a lot of damage this year that could help him in the long run by putting up some big numbers because they're going to rely on him since they need to fantasy football players everywhere like, oh 100 percent. like i get i'm sure i get questions gone, about but... him all the time it's like uh you know for like a running back that you can take in the later rounds like yes absolutely because he will get run in this offense 
All right, guys, pay attention to that. David Montgomery. So Justin Fields and that offense will be going up against one of the top defenses in the league, even without Jimmy Ward, these first few games that 49ers front seven is obviously, I mean, just, you know, Nick Bosa and friends, <laughs> Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, someone the 49ers are actually are hoping, of course, will really come into his own this year, hopefully stay healthy. I think that's the big thing for him. Should he be able to stay healthy from what we've seen? I think he can be the player the 49ers are hoping he can be, but that front seven is insane. But we go to the secondary where the 49ers really shored things up. That's, of course, where Jimmy Ward comes into play, missing those first few games, and it hurts them. But because they went out and got their own Mooney, uh, Charvarius Ward, Mm -hmm. who is Mooney Ward, that is his name. I like to reiterate that so people aren't like, who are you talking about? But that's what he'd like to be called. That's his nickname, okay. That's his his nickname. Yes. so just so you know, that is his nickname, but he has told us that is what he would like to be called. He is Mooney Ward. So that is, so there you go. There's a fun fact for, for you and everybody. Um, so we have potential for some Mooney on Mooney crime on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. That was, so there's, so there's that. I'm very excited for potentially doing that tweet. Uh, but that is something that was big for the 49ers. They went out and got themselves a real shutdown corner, which they have not done in several years, certainly not since I've been covering this team and it's changed everything, you know, in the secondary. So that's just my little pitch on the 49ers defense, so to speak. But on the other side for Trey Lance and company and for that interior of the offensive line, which I think is the shakiest part of the 49ers offense, to be honest with you, I'd be much more concerned about that than I'd be about Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to be up and down and growing. The interior of that offensive line is problematic. And you pair that with an essentially rookie quarterback and that could create some issues. So I say all that to say, what are the 49ers going to be facing uh, against the Bears front seven and, and the defense as a whole? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because I think there still are some unknowns um, with what this pass rush is going to look like. They're very thankful that they were able to keep Robert uh, Quinn in the fold. I know that you know throughout the offseason, dating back to the time that I started on the beat, there was the question of, well, they moved on from Khalil Mack. Are they going to try to trade Robert Quinn too? You can understand the logic from a team that was very clearly in a rebuilding phase, even though a lot of players didn't want to call it that even the general manager, Ryan Poles was very careful in the language that he chose to not call it a rebuild, but that's what this thing is. But you still need capable, competent players to, to be playing and rushing the quarterback. Like you need some semblance of a pass rush. Well, you have somebody who just came off a season where he had 18 and a half sacks, like he's mm-hmm. in a good spot. And so yeah. I think, it'll be Robert Quinn. And then there's kind of this still unknown product, which I, in, in Al-Kadeen Muhammad, who I think is a fast riser, um, four years in Indianapolis in this defense where he was a rotational player, you know, Matt Eberflus clearly loved the loved the product that he had in Muhammad there gets him in free agency. And now he has a starter's role comes off a season where he has a career high six and a half, six sacks. So, you know, there will be an uh, an ample opportunity for Muhammad to take that next step. So I know they're excited about that. And I know they're excited about Justin Jones, who's their three technique. They ended up signing him hours after the whole Larry Ogunjobi failed physical, which, you know, still was such a weird situation for this team, knowing that like he had just broken his ankle, like two months before that their medical people were telling him it was fine. You know, clearly around the league because it took him till what a couple not that long ago to get signed by the Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, other teams saw that it was an issue, and I think it might actually work out better for the Bears in the long run because they won't have overpaid for 
um, a three technique when Justin Jones may be just as productive. But again, the jury's out because it's somebody who, you know, doesn't have a whole ton of starting experience. Like he's gotten that he got a limited opportunity to do that in Los Angeles with the chargers. Now this is his role. So their front four is, you know, because they, they switch from a 34 base to a 43 base. So like they're where they rush the passer from changes now and their mm-hmm. linebacking core, you know, what are they going to ask of Roquan Smith? How different is that, that role going to be for him now as an off ball linebacker? Uh, moving to the will spot and not being at the mic like how different does that look for him so I feel like there's a lot that's still unknown and we won't be able to gauge how good or how not good that front seven is in the areas that they need to to you know improve upon until we see them actually you know match up with some opponents other than themselves I think all you know though is that they've got some effective players they've got some good pass rushers Muhammad's young he's you know an upcomer Quinn is an established veteran you know what you're getting there how do all the pieces come together in a defense that's brand new for most every player playing in it? So what, well, I have two, two follow-ups that I'll go with this one first, even though this should be the second one, but I'm going with this one first. Um, you guys got my inner dialogue there as, <laughs> as the host, but what can the bears and what can bears fans expect from the team this year? It is a lot of unknowns. It's a lot of, even though they don't want to say rebuild, why don't we call it a retooling if that makes them feel better? But what can Bears fans expect? And then I guess the second question I had was, who, which player or players do you think are going to surprise people this year? I think you can expect a team that is going through a culture shift and that comes with like a lot of growing pains. You know, mm-hmm. it, it might sound a little cheesy, but like that hits principle that Matt Eberflus installed here, you know, guys did not take to it right away, but now it's something that's become second nature. And to me, you'll be able to judge how effective the culture change is going. If mm-hmm. they do get into a mid- the middle of a losing streak, are they still preaching the hits principle and, you know, playing hard, fast, physical, s- smart, you know, tough, all those things that like make up that acronym are they doing that in like week 13 if they've only won like three games mm-hmm. at that point? So we'll see mm-hmm. from, from that, but it's going to be a, a, it's a growing, they're very much at the ground floor and they had to do so much undoing with this roster just to be able to get to ground zero where they could start building. And the fact is 10 of the, their 11 draft picks made the initial 53. Now one obviously went to injured reserve, um, but you're going to have, multiple starters from that rookie draft class Mm -hmm. like Braxton Jones your fifth rounder from an FCS school is going to be going up against Nick Bosa this week it's his job it's not like you know well they didn't you know we had to give it to somebody you know he won that job which I think is a really Mm -hmm. good sign as far as like the direction that this thing is going but you have to if you're really going to see this thing through the right way you have to give it patience and I think that that means not having the expectation that this team could be the surprise Cincinnati Bengals from worst to first. I mean, a lot of things, even in a weaker NFC this year, would have to break their way for that to happen. So I think it's just like the patience element of realizing they've got a lot of money to spend next year. Like if you want to criticize them after next year for not, if they don't do anything, by all means, it's warranted. But mm-hmm. Ryan Poles has been pretty adamant about his plan and his 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 want to in building this roster if how he wants to do it. And he's stuck to that, you know, for better or for worse, he's stuck to that. Will that come back to bite them from not signing more players to, you know, be part of this offense with Justin Fields? Maybe, but 
they have next year to get to that. Like this is the year where you have to field a team to figure out what you have and the best ways to, you know, for your quarterback too to prove, Hey, I'm showing you enough, even though there's not a lot around me to prove to you that I'm worth building around. So that's kind of the big takeaway. I think fans can expect this year and players that could surprise. I mean, I really am looking to see what Braxton Jones, like I know that he can play, but like how, when it's actual game speed, how, how does that look on, you know, you know, how does that look on that show up in games? Like, is it just that you were okay playing at preseason speed? Like when you have really good edge rushers that you're trying to block against every single week, what does that look like? What does the pass protection as a whole for Justin Fields look like? And I I know sticking kind of the theme of the offensive line. I really think that Tevin Jenkins can surprise people. I know this seems more like a marriage of convenience. They found a spot for him that he looks really decent at right now. Um, Can he stick there? Can he thrive there? That's, that's something that I'm going to be looking for because it was a weird situation throughout training camp with some of the trade rumors. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily the bears trying to shop him, but the, the, the notion was out there that there was, friction going on between the player and the club. And there were other teams that were calling offering. Like it might not have been the bears. So actively trying to like be like, Hey, you know, we're trying to get rid of Tevin Jenkins. Whereas other teams see that like, Hey, maybe we can offer a late round draft pick, try to give this former second rounder from a, you know, a year yeah. ago, a, a fresh start, but obviously that hasn't happened. And he's still on the roster, which even when we talked to him right after the um, initial 53 came out, he was nervous. He said, I'm not really sure if I'll be on the roster. And he didn't know, um, you know, throughout this whole process, how it was going to play out. You feel for a guy like that because you're trying to learn a new position while looking over your shoulder, wondering, you know, what tomorrow is going to bring for you on the football side. That's a lot. So I, uh, I think he could really surprise people because he's looked pretty good in his very limited action that we've seen at right guard, but it's a brand new position for him and, and might be actually where he's better suited, even though he still thinks of himself as a tackle. So game prediction for Sunday. Um, I have the bears losing. I haven't actually like picked like an, a score yet. I'll go ahead and say, I think it could be something like 27, 21. I don't know if it'll okay. be. You know, there's always a missed field goal here or there at Soldier Field or missed PAT. Um, I don't think it's going to be as big of a blowout as as maybe some people would expect. I mean, the weather uh-huh. conditions would factor into that. I still think that this Bears uh-huh. team is going to – I mean, the, the, the 49ers are in a tough division and the byproduct of probably being a wild card team because the Rams are ahead of them. So – if this is a team that's built for a Super Bowl, you don't expect a team that's just starting out trying to get on that level to be coming, like, you know, to surprise people. If they did, I wouldn't be surprised because weird things happen the first month of the season, as we know. Always. It's not always the cleanest football either. Like, I feel like teams have to take, even though they have the preseason, they have to, like, take, like, the first month to kind of figure it out. But um, we'll see. I mean, I don't have them winning this game, but uh, weirder things. I'm happy to eat my words if they do, because weirder things have happened in the NFL. Well, and week one is just a free for all. So I think we just never know. I mean, a few years ago, I think the Patriots and I think they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year lost either week one or two to Jacksonville badly. And everyone was like, this is it. They're done. The end of Belichick, it's the end of Brady, it's over for everybody. And then I'm pretty sure they won the Super Bowl that year, if memory serves. So week one is is a funny one. I have the 49ers pick, uh, winning this game. Someone asked me yesterday for score. I'm terrible at score predictions. I mean, this is 
it may be my like least developed skill because yeah. I'm just awful at it. I'm not I great said at it either. 14, I don't know that 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 feels like a big that feels big. I don't I don't actually think I don't know the 49ers are going to score that many points. So the Bears got to figure know. out how to score more than 14 points. Like that's part of the the new offense yeah. too. Like is this offense better suited to scoring because it wasn't last year. I'm now. I'm going to change my prediction to 21 to 14. I'm still only giving those bears the bears those two touchdowns. That's but fair. I think your score actually makes makes more sense. But we will see on Sunday because to quote, I think it was Chris Berman. That's why they play the game. So we'll leave you all with that super cheesy cliche <laughs> to go into your day. But Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. This is great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Please let everyone know where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Insta- Instagram at Courtney R. Cronin. You can also go to the Chicago Bears page on ESPN.com. All of my articles are curated there. Uh, and you can hear me you know, nationally on ESPN radio as well. Fantastic. If you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star, re- star, five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. We are brought to you by FIVO. And with that... I'll talk to everybody next week when the 49ers are either 1-0 or 0-1. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.